Hello, good afternoon. Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, Division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thank you guys for joining in. You know, today is going to be an interesting day. I'm a little late getting on to the podcast for today, but I really wanted to sort of talk about something that I have been doing a little historical research. I've always been fascinated by patterns, reoccurring patterns, uh, and what insight I might learn about observing those patterns. And so today I want to talk to you about what patterns can we learn from the relationship between media formats and content consumption by the masses. Like when a large group of people are consuming a major amount of content and, and what that media format looks like, you know, what can we learn from that? So if we go back in history and we look at the 1920s um, when the radio era was uh, really spreading its, its, its uh, airwaves, uh, NBC and CBS uh, began running sponsored news uh, and radio dramas. And, and I think, you know, even if you go back, you know, a little bit further it, it was it was a direct result because things were happening so fast in the world that um, you know the the newspapers that came out once a day couldn't keep up with everything that was happening, and so radio really really started to 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 soar uh, beginning in the 1920s. By the 1940s, it is reported that 83 percent of homes had a radio. Um, Obviously, I wasn't around in 19, uh, you know, in 1930. Um, but an interesting piece that I found was um, one of the first presidents to really recognize and, and understand how many people were huddled around radios in their living room and, and finding entertainment, uh, is, especially, you know, post Great Depression times. Um, they were looking for, you know, escapism of the the, the desperate situation uh, that the U.S. economy was in uh, as a result of the crash of 1929. So in 1933, he began to really speak to the masses and using um, the radio. And it was interesting because his his style wasn't. Um, they actually called it fireside chats, is is the label. And he spoke to the people to 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 the citizens of the United States in a way that, you know, he addressed their fears and concern. Many people were afraid to, you know, keep their money in the banks, and they didn't understand the banking system, and they were really concerned, and so. You know, he understood the fears and concerns of the people, and he sat down and, in a very conversational tone, began to tell them, literally one by one, family by family, um, what his plans were to revitalize and and bring the country back. And I love that they were that 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 the broadcast were called fireside chats, and and many many many. Homes and families sat and listened to uh, President Roosevelt's um, radio shows. So in 1939, the first broadcast TV was aired from the World's Fair by guess who? President 
Roosevelt. Now, it wasn't until probably around 1950 that the cost of TV started to drop so that more Americans could have afford to have a TV in their home. Um, and then if you fast forward nearly two decades, some, some very uh, instrumental uh, or, or iconic moments happened. Of course, in 1960, John F. Kennedy, um, who was running for president, ran Hollywood-style ads with his wife, Jackie, uh, along with everyday citizens who supported him. Um, and as we know, he ended up winning the presidential election. By that time, nearly every home in America had a TV. Um, fast forward another 30 years later and think about uh, 1995, uh, then President Bill Clinton addressed uh, the United States uh, regarding the bombing of the Oklahoma Federal Building. Uh, and then fast forward uh, another half dozen years in 2001 when President George W. Bush gave his speech at Ground Zero uh, at the site of uh, the, the towers uh, from, from that historic um, event that, that occurred in, uh, in New York with the uh, terrorist bombings and, and the plane crashes. Um, so an interesting thing, though, that, that historically we look at, um, there was a decline in the State of Union addresses, when the historians compare the State of a Union in 1993, the television um, viewership, there were 61 million people that tuned in in 1993. In 2015, that number cut in half. Only 32 million people tuned in to watch the State of the Union. Now, everyone could argue, you know, the political climate, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is what we're talking about here is what media format are the masses tuning into and consuming the largest amount of content up compared to anything else? So we see this trend. We see political leaders going in Roosevelt, the radio in the 30s, Kennedy in the 60s, Clinton in the 90s. George W. Bush in the early 2000. And then in 2000, we hit the big marker of Y2K. I don't know if you guys remember this. I remember everyone was freaking out um, in 1999 that like every, the computers and everything was going to, everyone was freaking out because like, what's going to happen when the dial rolls over from 1999 to 2000? Like we thought epic things were going to happen. Um, but we passed that marker and, and the internet really, um, you know, began to, to grow and, and, and make a difference. Fast forward eight years to our first social media candidate, uh, Barack Obama. It is said that on election day, he had two million Facebook supporters, while um, Senator McCain uh, had around 600,000 followers uh, on election day. Also, Barack Obama had 112,000 Twitter followers and McCain had 4,600. And obviously we know that uh, Obama won. Uh, and it was, it was at that time that all of the journalists said, from now on, elections will be determined in the United States based on social media. That was, that was a, a, a thing that was said in 2008. 
Fast forward eight years later, 2016, um, the election is over. President Trump has won amongst incredible um, speculation of uh, Russian collusion to sway undecided voters by deploying ads on Facebook. Um, you know, whether you believe that or not, um, it is, you know, widely, um, um, you know, discussed, but nevertheless, um, social media again plays a role in things that are happening, happening at a global scale. So if we see this trend, what's happening radio in the twenties, you know, through the forties and then television through the sixties and through the late nineties. And then the internet begins in, in the early two thousands. And here we are in 2019. Now, if we go back and we look at the art of war, what, what does, when, when someone is trying to take over a country um, or an occupied territory, what's the first thing they do? They take out the line of communications first. They don't go try to assassinate the leader or overthrow the building where he's at. The first thing they do is they go attack the communication so that there's no communication amongst the uh, armed forces of the country that they're looking to overthrow. So it's interesting to me that while his, history tells us that leaders and presidents and, and governors uh, of, of those who govern understand the power of consumer attention and they understand they need to understand how to um, leverage that for influence when it comes to mass consumer attention. So that brings us to 2019. Do you think radio has taken over mass consumption? Do you think more people are listening to the radio than ever before? Do you think that's how we all get our news and information? No. Is it TV? Nope. Not with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. No, I don't think so. So... If, if we come to the point that it's really hard to argue that the greatest amount of, of consumer content that's being consumed by the masses beyond any other media platform right now is digital and social. When you combine the two of those together, and so I'm talking about Facebook, I'm talking about YouTube, Twitter, uh, and so on. So if, if, if social media, if, if Facebook really is powerful enough to decide the leader of a country, but it's not powerful enough to grow your business, something doesn't add up there. Like there's a, there's a problem, right? So that's something really, really that, that, that's what kind of got me in this, in this, you know, digging into history to look at how has influence, um, how has influencing the masses and, and what's the relationship between media formats and being able to speak to that? Um, and I think that's interesting. I think that what we're learning and what we're looking at is that there are lots and lots of businesses that are literally throwing money in the garbage right now, trying to buy attention on overpriced media formats that the masses are not consuming, right? I mean, that's a really interesting thing to consider. So I think right now the mass consumer attention in 2019, there's no doubt that it's a combination of Facebook, Instagram, 
uh, and YouTube. Those three platforms in and of itself, grossly underpriced um, because the consumer, the mass consumer uh, content, the, the, the amount of content that's being consumed, I mean, there's 95 million photos and videos being uploaded to Instagram every day. We are consuming that like an endless Chinese buffet and we just cannot get enough. So if, if your business isn't taking social seriously and putting serious money behind it, your competitors probably are, and you're going to be in trouble in the next year. Um, that's a scary proposition. I mean, ask John McCain, you know, he spent all of his money uh, in his 2008 campaign on traditional media out, outlet sources and got throttled, you know? Um, so I think that's an interesting point. And that's really wanted to what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I'd love to get your comments in, um, in, in this video uh, or, or on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'll be posting this video. Um, I'd love to have your insights, especially those of you who are like me. Um, you know, I'm 48. And, uh, you know, I've been through and lived through some of those times. Um, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, the Y2K. I can remember 2008 and Obama's election and obviously the recent election in 2016. I'd love your feedback on what you think, where people are consuming the most content and how your business is leveraging that. Um, so those are my thoughts for today, guys. I hope it's given you something to think about and, and how you're, how it's going to impact your marketing plan for 2019. Again, my name is Michael Wynn. I am the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.